Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rob the Genius Podcast. We are in the middle of May, which means 2021 continues to fly by really fast. But this is a special episode for me, because if you're listening to this on debut day, which is Friday, it is the day after my 47th birthday. So yes, I am... 47 years old now and I know some of of y'all are saying man that's old dude well I guess compared to some of y'all it is but you know whatever Um, I'm just happy and appreciative to have made it this far because you know not to get all morbid here but I got some friends who didn't you know, when you get to be around my age, that kind of happens, right? I mean, a couple of my boys passed away about, you know, one almost 11 years ago, my man Gene, and one four years ago, my man Ray, right? Uh, they went, you know, went to college with both of them. We were all in each other's weddings, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're both not here anymore on earth with us so you know i don't take another year for granted don't take another day for granted right um i'm thankful and happy to be here one more year and although look every day isn't great every year isn't great right i mean we've all been through our share of stuff i've been through my share of mine And yet, you know, it's still good to be here, right? Good to be here. Good to be alive. Good to have one more year under my belt. Good to have one more week to talk to you guys and all of that good stuff. So don't take it for granted. And even look, if you're at a point in life where things ain't looking too optimistic, um... Look, I'll take it this way. Um, One more day breathing is a day to do something about it. It's an opportunity to, you know, try to turn things around or to help somebody else turn their thing around. You know, that's, that's just, that's the way I look at it, right? I look at it like life is a gift even on the days where it doesn't feel so great. So, thankful for another year. Thankful for you guys for listening, right? Been doing this show for over a year now. And, you know, I just, you know, I just enjoy doing it anyway, but it's even better to know some people are listening. And, You know, and then, and you know, thank you to everyone who's been a guest, from DJ to Ray Cash, uh, to my Ike up in Brooklyn. And speaking of Ray Cash, he is going to be on later. We're going to talk some pro wrestling. 
which I know for some of y'all that's like, yay, great. And then for some, then for some others of y'all, it's like, yeah, really? So <laughs> I will give you the warning sign when it's time to, to, to jump into that. So that those of you who do not care to hear that kind of talk can bail. But now Ray is, of course, a friend of mine from Chair Shot Radio. And we love talking wrestling with him and just talking about other stuff, too. So, but anyway, this week is wrestling talk with me and Ray Cash later. And as far as other stuff, we got Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stuff to talk about this week. Got celebrities taking stances on issues, which is always fun. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to start off with a few words about Mother's Day, though, because Mother's Day was last weekend. Or was this past Sunday. I didn't say much about it last week. So I'm going to say some things about it this week. So that's what we're going to lead off with. But first, you know, I'm going to play some more music for you. The music this week is not one artist. It is just since it's my birthday, I just it's just like Rob's greatest hits. So that's what's going to be this week. You know, just some of my favorite artists, favorite people. Just going to song here, song there. And that's going to be the soundtrack for this week. But for right now, I'm going to play one of those songs and then Mother's Day tribute time. I'll be back in a minute. So, this past weekend was Mother's Day, and Mother's Day is, like, it's depending on who you are and, you know, how you came up and everything, Mother's Day is really a real awesome day or a not-so-awesome day. Um, I know for a lot of y'all out there who either lost your mother or didn't have the greatest relationship with your mother, then it's not it's a not so awesome day. I 
will say, for me, for a really long time, it was one of those days I kind of took for granted, you know. And I was fortunate enough to have a great mother and have a great relationship with her. Um, I never took that for granted. Well, you know what, I probably did a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't as pronounced as, well, yeah, well, I'll say this, all right. I knew a lot of people, or know a good number of people, who had a really crappy or non-existent relationship with their dads. All right, so, you know, once, once I got to that kind of teenage, young adult phase of being, you know, frustrated or irritated at mom and dad all the time they got me straight real quick when it came to my dad because a lot of them told me straight up hey man look you don't know how lucky you are and that they wished that their dad was like mine all right I mean they told me that straight people told me that straight up so it was very easy well not easy but it didn't take much for me to get it and I mean, but those, those people in particular all had great relationships with their mothers, and they treated Mother's Day like Christmas, almost, right, when it came to buying gifts and all that stuff. Um, so, it wasn't quite as clear and obvious for me. I mean, I've always loved and appreciated my mother, but, um... It, it was a while before I really understood that even though it seems like there are more people who have good relationships with their, with their mother, that that's not something to be taken for granted either. You know, um, now that my mom is a bit older, you know, she's slowing down a little bit. Um, you do kind of get it more. And, um, you know, my dad used to tell me that, you know, son, nobody's going to love you like your mother. You know, and I, I never really disagreed with him, but... I didn't really get that until later. And, um... Well, I really do get it now. You know, like, my... Dad was right about a lot of things. And he was definitely right about that. That, you know, nobody would love you like your mother. Because, in my case, that's definitely true. And... But when you're a kid, a lot of times, you're not even thinking about the stuff mothers do for you, right? You know, make your food and, you know, get you dressed, all that kind of stuff, right? You're a kid and, you know, you're not even thinking about all of that.
know. But let me tell you. Um, when you get older, and, uh, you know, you can look back on all of that, you get it. Especially when you have kids of your own. much as it means to have your mom there for you when you're a kid um, and when you get older and she's still there for you oh it's um, it means even more it really does I've had some days where she was the only shoulder I had to lean on. And, um, there's one thing to, for that to happen when you're, you know, 10 years old or something. It means even more when you're like 45. nothing like that so I, I would tell you that <clears throat> you know if you're fortunate enough to still have your mother with you you know tell her you love her tell her you appreciate her right I'm fortunate I'm fortunate to still be able to do that now. And if you are, then then don't don't hold back, don't hesitate. Um, and look, if you've lost yours, then you have my condolences. And what it's worth um, and I hope that you have found the strength to carry on uh, if you and your mother don't have a relationship or if it's a bad one I hope and pray that somehow some way you all find some way to have a good relationship sometime down the road um, you know, I'm not telling you to try to force the issue or anything, but don't completely write it off either. You know, give it a, you know, if there's a chance, give it a chance. And finally, you know, just, you know, I, I um, give a big thank you to, uh, every mother out there, you know, um, whether you got help or whether you're flying solo, right, I mean, you know, whether you actually have kids of your own or 
you're, you know, playing mother or being a mother to someone else's kids, right? I mean, yeah, I hope that you are being respected and appreciated like you should be. Because you have an important job and you have a thankless job sometimes. So, yeah, I didn't say much last week, but yeah, I, so I figured I'd get it all in now. And uh, so, just salute to all the mothers out there, grandmothers, you know, aunts who are act like mothers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. y'all and we appreciate y'all and hope you had a good Mother's Day this year and hopefully next year you know we'll be in a better situation where we can all be a little more you know because I guess when we can all do this thing a little bit bigger than usual or than we have been the past couple of years and look I'm going to stop now because I had to kind of get myself together here while I was doing all of this and um so we're gonna take a break now and uh be back in a minute All right, and we're back and talk a little Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here because the inductees for this year's class were announced. And so there's Carol King, who should have been in there already. I think she may be in there for like writing or something, but like she should be in there for like everything she does. <laughs> okay. And. Tina Turner, who should have been in there a long time ago also. The Go-Go's, who, again, they, I mean, they were an 80s group. If they were, you know, if they should have gotten in now, then they should have already gotten in. But, you know, sometimes things happen. And... Go-Go's, Tina Turner, Carol King... Todd Rundgren, who I have no idea who he is, but a bunch of people in music speak very highly of him, so I'll just have to take their word for it on that one. Foo Fighters, who are a group that are you know, part of, basically, have spanned my whole adult life, and 
seeing them get in basically means that people like me are getting old. But <laughs> they do deserve it. But it's the last one that is a bit controversial. Well, okay, his induction is not controversial. That's Jay-Z. Him getting in there, there's no controversy about him getting in there. Problem is that there is a particular somebody who is not in there yet in the same genre who should have already been in there and who definitely should have gotten in there before Jay-Z, and that's LL Cool J. Look, LL Cool J is on a lot of people's short lists for greatest of all time. LL Cool J is somebody who, if somebody comes up and says that, in their opinion, LL Cool J is the greatest of all time, whether you agree with them or not, you should just say okay. I mean, he, he's one of those people, he has a perfectly fine choice for that. And he's been nominated six times, has not gotten in yet. And that's ludicrous. Well, <laughs> he's not ludicrous. Ludicrous is another person entirely, of course. And, yeah, I don't know. Well, he, well, he probably won't get in. But if he does, I'm not going to complain. Right? I mean, but anyway. But LL Cool J should be in there. Should have been in there a long time ago. And he's not in there. And this is largely because hip-hop as a genre is still disrespected by, you know, highbrow music critic type people. Because if you look at who's in there from rap, it's Grandmaster, Fa Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, NWA, Public Enemy, Run DMC, Beastie Boys, Biggie and Tupac. And it's basically, you know, they needed somebody from each period. And those are all, you know, highly recognizable names, right? Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five were, you know, from the inception period of rap music. And, you know, Grandmaster Flash in particular has worked with so many people that, you know, inducting him is kind of a catch them all kind of thing. And then, you know, from the next wave, you know, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys were the were two big acts, sold a lot of records, you know, got famous, became well known, you know, as far as like crossover and all of that. You know, Run DMC of course did the thing with Aerosmith. And the Beastie Boys had like the highest selling rap album ever for a long time. You know, their license to ill, their debut. And they were really big, you know, for a long time. So both of them belong in there, but they were. But it's clear that they were both kind of chosen because, well, who can we pick from that era? You know, then you fast forward a few years, NWA, Public Enemy, same thing. Who can we pick from that time period? You know, that kind of end of the 80s, first few years of the 90s. Who can we pick? Who can we put in there? Those are two standout groups, sold records, were a big deal belong in there right so they got in nobody else from that period but them and then fast forward another couple of years Biggie and Tupac who of course are kind of linked at the hip because you know basically the feud that developed between them they both peaked at the same time you know the whole east coast west coast rap beef was centered around them and of course both sadly were killed well, within like six months of each other, right? So they're just linked at the hip. And, you know, they were a big deal mid-90s, 
so okay they're in and just seems like there's very little thought given beyond well we need some people from this point um oh okay these guys were big name people they're a good representative of that time period put them in right and there are other people who should be in there like ll cool j should have been in there all right um jazzy Justin, jazzy jeff and the fresh prince should be in there and before you laugh at that look i mean fresh prince will smith of course is a great rapper all right he chose to make you know pop kind of music but he is as far as just being a skilled rapper he's great he's excellent and they sold a bunch of records they had a bunch of hits which basically is the criteria so they should be in there you know um nwa is in there but you know ice cube should be in as a solo act dr dre should be in there as a solo act and there are no women rappers in there yet um salt and pepper should be in there they again they meet the criteria they crossed over to you know so that they're known outside of rap circles they had hits outside of rap circles they sold a bunch of records they were a really big deal at one point they should be in there right i mean and, and there are other people like you know i mean wu-tang as a group should be in there like they've passed the eligibility period they were real big they spawned a bunch of solo acts they sold you know, some some they sold some decent amount of records. They should be in there. And now, look, if if you're a rap fan, you you can personally run off a bunch of names of your like favorite rappers, and I can look. There are a bunch of people who deserve to be in there off of just artistic merit, but it is also about you know overall popularity and sales and all that stuff. So you know, a lot of great rappers just aren't going to make the cut. But another one, I mean, Heavy D, Heavy D sold records, right? Heavy D at his peak was known outside of the rap bubble, right? Uh, why not? You know, um, you know, Lil' Kim. You know, same thing. So a bunch of other people who should be in there already. And to me, it's just that it's a sign that, you know, the the kind of gatekeepers of accolades in the music industry still don't respect rap music, don't respect the culture. And now, you know, LL's getting one of these, you know, kind of quasi-lifetime achievement awards, and they're giving him that basically because they know they messed up. And look, he'll he'll show up, and he'll take it, He'll and he'll be gracious, and he'll accept it, and all that's great. But, you know, but he should be an inductee into the Hall of Fame not just some special award winner. I mean, come on, people. So hopefully, hopefully next year, maybe next year. But that being said, congratulations to all the people who got in. Congratulations to Jay-Z. You do deserve to be in there, even though I'm mad about L not being in there. But y'all need to rectify that, like, ASAP. But anyhow, enough of that. Um, going to move on here. And I'm going to do a little celebrities and politics stuff here because a certain celebrity really stepped in it this week. So we're going to get to that after the break.
So on to the celebrity news of the week. And this is particularly about celebrities taking stances on serious things. Because, all right, so over the week, I'm not sure the right way to put this, but in Israel, Israeli forces began attacking Palestinian people. And Gal Gadot, who, you know, plays Wonder Woman, among other things, kind of tweeted out basically kind of one of those kind of vague, you know, banal, usually harmless, kumbaya-ish common things. You know, like my country deserves peace and safety and so do our neighbors. And of course... Her country is Israel. The neighbors are Palestine. And she got like dragged for filth on Twitter after making that tweet because of her own history. All right, she was in the Israeli Defense Force. And yeah, she's been called a Zionist a whole lot of times. Now, if you can feel the hesitation in my voice, it is because I have not read or listened to things that she has said about all of that. So, you know, for me to call her a Zionist would basically be just be taking other people's word for it. Um... And, you know, for me to specifically charge her with any kind of crimes or you know, having bad takes or whatever, again, that's me going off of other people's word, not off of what things I've heard or read that she's said. So, yeah, but needless to say... She's probably not the one to be saying anything about this because she's coming just from a position that is pretty dubious here. And to be honest, uh, when it comes to this particular thing, the only thing that, well, people who care what she has to say, the only thing they're really interested in seeing her say is that it would be like a, basically a full denunciation of the Israeli government and the Israeli military along with condemning what they're doing. Right? That's the only thing that 
know, the people who give a crap what she has to say about the stuff, that's the only thing they want to hear her say. Until she says that, then, you know, if she, if she says anything about this stuff, they're, they're going to get after her. Which just kind of brings me to the, you know, the subject of celebrities speaking out on issues. And how, on the one hand, particularly like in social media, there's there's always people pushing for celebrities to speak on issues. You know, you have this platform, you should use it. Um, you know, but by use it, I mean, basically, what people are saying is that, you know, you got famous, you got rich because, you know, we've paid for your books, paid for your music, paid to see you wrestle, paid for, you know, um, to watch you play football or basketball or bought your jersey or bought your t-shirt, right? Basically, you know, you're rich and famous because of what we did for you. And because of that, you need to return the favor by speaking out on issues that we think or issues that are important to us. Right? Um, and of course, what we don't say is that by speak out on issues that are important to us, what we really mean is we want you to take the same stance that we have on issues that are important to us. So now we don't just want you to speak out on police brutality. We want you to say Black Lives Matter. We want you to say that, you know, police involved in shootings should be, you know, put on trial, arrested, put in jail. Uh, we want you to say that, you know, when it comes to things like the environment, we want you to say, you know, green energy, we need to cut down on fossil fuels, et cetera, et cetera. When it comes to, you know, whatever else, right? I mean, we want you to say the things that we think are the things that we believe. We don't just want you to speak up. We want you to say certain specific things. Because if you speak up and you say the opposite, then we're not going to give you credit for speaking up. Then we're going to be mad at you for saying the wrong thing. Right? I mean, I mean that's the reality of it. So, I mean, we just need to be honest on that. But we also need to be honest about why we became fans of yours in the first place. Right? I mean... I don't think, look, I can't recall anyone who I became a fan of because of their stances on issues. Because you can have all the same beliefs as me on every issue, and if I don't like the way you sing, then I'm not buying your music. Or if I don't like the way you play the guitar or whatever, I'm not buying your music. Right? If I don't like the way you write, I'm not buying your books. You know, if, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? If 
I don't like you as a wrestler, I'm not going to buy your t-shirts or, or, you know, watch your matches or whatever, right? I mean, you know, if, if I don't like the way you play football or basketball or whatever, then I'm not going to make it a point to watch you play. Or I'm not going to buy your jersey, okay? I mean, that's just the way it is, right? I mean, like I didn't start listening to Public Enemy because of their stances on issues. I started listening to them because I heard they were good. And then I listened to them for myself and heard and thought, yeah, they are really good. So I'm going to keep listening to them. And then ultimately their political stances didn't turn me off because they're in line with what I think. Right, I mean, that's just how it worked. And we got to stop looking for this kind of, you know, higher justification for why we're a fan of somebody than simply, you know, basically, you know, we like their work. And, you know, we like the way they look. Could be either one or the other. Could be both. Right? I mean, and, and that's basically what it comes down to. Right? I mean, it's nice if they have the same beliefs as we do. It's a bonus. But you shouldn't be, like, beating yourself up and agonizing over it if they never say what their beliefs are. If they never go there publicly, then... I mean, I don't think you need, personally, I don't think you need to agonize over being a fan of that person. And you shouldn't be out here, you know, demanding that they just say something. Because what happens if they, again, what happens if they don't say what you want them to say? Then what are you going to do? Because as it stands right now, when you see people getting dragged on social media, I mean, a lot of times it's by people who already don't like them. Right, I mean, usually people who are fans of theirs, you know, they might get hurt and disappointed. They may stop being a fan. But the people who drag folks on social media tend to drag folks that they already don't like. So what are we doing here? But anyway, that's all I got on that. I mean, just be careful what you ask for and be honest what you're asking for is all I got to say. And now I'm honestly going to take a break. Be back in a minute. Poisonous. Poisonous paragraph smash your phonograph in half. It be the inspector jack on the wall path. First class leaving mites with a cast. Causing ruckus like the aftermath on guns blast. Run fast. Here comes the verbal assaulter. Rhymes running wild like a child in a walker. I scored from the inner slums abroad. And my thoughts are ready to start. I slice the mic from the cord. First criticize. But now they have become mentally paralyzed with hits that I devise. Now I testify. The best is I rebel. I in your highness. Bless to electrify. Revoking to ill. Truth that I reveal across the amateurs who scream, they keep it real. She's a black down, hoodied up in fatigue. Part-time minor leagues receive third degrees. Attack like a wolf pack. Once I pull back, the guard you and bust through like a fullback. Yo, you 14 karat gold slugs. 
slump, computer wizard Tapping inside, my rap pain causes blizzards Though I like the kills for ice tripe like by the digits Gorillas injected with strength for 80 midgets The earth spins, ruins, rap exotic blends Let my peeps in, niggas gasping, swallowing aspens With a doses, you overdosed it, rap High explosives, my posters, hypnotized with hypnosis I sell goods, my whole clan is on the run like natural born killers Record breaking the album thriller Got access to tear gas, bombs and rocket launchers Blow like dope, killer bees is what I sponsor Your entrepreneur, pens and gear like Shakespeare When I fuck, I grab him, collect drawers and souvenirs Fuck yeah, my cool down German beers My career is based on guns, throwing cats in wheelchairs, etc Damn it, any lame ass competitor Who try to run, get broken and pass like levers Whatever, hard, hard heads get shattered like mirrors Beretta shots, splatter your goose, scatter your feathers Say never poetry, chum crumbs, deal with grafting Blew my family overseas, a maxing If rap was cracked, fully packed, I'd be tall cats Taxing kingpin of the rap, duck trafficking Village niggas get slapped in Manhattan for rapping Big ghost steps off laughing huh. When are you just using the Wu-Tang school method against me? I've got so many styles All right, and we're back And as promised, I have my chair shot brother here Mr. Ray Cash back in the house again How you doing, Ray? Yes, sir, I'm good, man It's been a hell of a day today, but It's all good, man It's been a hell of a day, not only personally, but Wrestling news has been crazy today, hadn't it? Oh, absolutely, man. Because, uh, well, first of all, we had just an all-time what-in-the-hell <laughs> moment last night <laughs> on AEW Dynamite. It was more than one, Rob. It was more than one. Oh, yeah. We had, had several. But then today, before, we're going to get to that. But first, we had some more news today that it looks like now Zelina Vega will be sometime, looks like, the wheels are turning for her to come back to the WWE. Um, I was caught off guard by that. What about you, man? I won't say I was caught off guard. Uh, the timing felt weird. But I wasn't caught off guard because, I mean, both parties admitted they didn't, Vince didn't want to fire her and she didn't want to leave. It's just she bucked up and, you know, how, you, you got kids, I got kids. You know how sometimes your kid goes so hard, you say, I right, will do it then. See what happens. And then they do it, and they see what happened, and they realize they shouldn't have done it. Yeah. That was what basically what Zelina did. And I don't blame her. She needed to do it for herself. But I, you know, shit happens, dog. I, 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 I'm not shocked. I'm, but I think the timing is weird because you would have thought that this would have, I don't know, man. It's the, just the timing. You would have thought this would happen either right after Mania or right before Mania, but it's randomly in May. It's just it's weird timing. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I felt like and I seemed to me like she she followed some bad advice, man. Because um, you know, Paige was out here talking about you know stuff, and then you know Andrew Yang was out here with his you know fraudulent ass <laughs> out oh, here wow. talking talking a bunch of nonsense. And I mean, a lot of us were skeptical anyway at the whole unionization thing, and I guess not to get too political here, but for me, you know, as somebody who gets kind of deep into the weeds on some of the politics stuff and like the inner workings and all that, um, when I saw him out there floating his own name for a cabinet position, you knew it was that, up. That's like the red flag of red flags. Yep. Because when when you, because basically, all right, for those of y'all who don't really get into politics like that, if somebody's out there floating their own name. In public for a cabinet position, that basically means they don't know nobody. 
<laughs> okay. Yep. Um, that means you know he he didn't know he doesn't know any of Biden's folks. He's not cool with any of Biden's folks because otherwise, all that talk would be going on behind the scenes. And so, once he started putting just going out there like, well, if they put me make me Secretary of Labor, blah blah blah, I was like, all right, yeah, this this nah. <laughs> and, but, but you know, Rob, my, you know my biggest issue with Yang. And I, I don't know. All I knew about him was he was the presidential candidate that wanted to give us money. That's all I knew. I'm, I'm as much as you're, as much as you keep up with politics, I stray away from it. I try to be as apathetic and detached, detached from that as, as I can. What killed me about what got, what, what let me know that he was basically a fraud was when he went on all that those interviews about wrestling, talking about how he was single handedly going to take down Vince McMahon and he was going to be the reason wrestling changed and i'm like all right we know vince is a pretty cricket dude he's a great businessman but he's 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 definitely done his fair share but like he the only one you're going after because in the same breath he was big enough aw like they over here you know running a monastery you know it's like yeah go after the whole if you're gonna go after wrestling go after everything don't just pick on one because you don't like them that's when I started to realize, all right, this dude just saying it because he even said it at the end of that interview with Chris Van Vliet, uh, that I think he said, um, I'm just sticking up for all my favorite wrestlers who died and didn't get a chance to stick up for themselves. That's a vendetta, bro. <laughs> That's, yeah. He's yeah. a white knight. Yeah, <laughs> and then, I mean, like, like just, again, I mean, it's, if you want to take on bad practices in the wrestling business, like okay, I mean, I mean, yeah. And here's the thing: like the w, the stuff that Vince and the WWE does, you can say what you want about it, but it's legal. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. They got yeah, they got all their legal stuff done in a row, and I guarantee if you try to come at them, you know, it, it ain't it ain't gonna work for you, man. Um, if you're really going to take on them, you got to get like laws changed about you know labor laws changed and whatnot, and and you're not just taking them on. I mean, because there are other companies who do the independent contractor thing and do it in a, that same same you know janky kind of way. Not in the, not other companies, Rob. Every company, every wrestling company has independent contractors. All their uh, the only wrestling company that even use the employee word, and I'm please please. People listening, listen to what I'm saying very specifically. AEW has some wrestlers who have dual jobs. And their corporate job is considered an employee. So like Daniels, Chris Daniels is their head of talent relations. He is, as a wrestler, an independent contractor. But because he is hired as that person, as uh, as the head of talent relations, he is considered a corporate employee. So it's no different than Triple H. But their wrestlers, just the people who are wrestlers, are independent contractors. There is no other company in the world for wrestling that, em- that employs their wrestlers. So you're not attacking WWE, bro. You're attacking the whole, the whole entire system. Exactly. And every company has certain restrictions on places you can work. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, they might try to perpetrate like, oh, well, we let people work other dates, um, 
I think I've said this before. Let Hangman Page ask Tony Khan if he can go, you know, work um, work work the kickoff show at Backlash this weekend, and see what Tony yeah. says. Yeah, ain't happening. At yeah, all. I, mean, I mean, right? I mean, so they, I mean, they all got all these companies. They got right of first. They got right of refusal on outside dates for people. They're places they're not going to let you go work, and. It's not, you know, so now with WWE, they don't, they mostly don't let you work anywhere else. But unless yeah. it's like, you know, unless it's like a, one of those like, you know, tribute shows for somebody who just died or something, they might, they'll let people do stuff like that. But they but also the, pay higher than anybody. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, the other companies, they let you work in, they let you work other dates in certain places, but, there are other places where if you try that, they'll tell you no. <laughs> so it's all it's it's industry wide, and like you said, Yang, he was he was singling out one company, and then even with the thing about the people who died prematurely and all of that, like like, I mean, so I mean, Chris Benoit had CTE all get out, but yeah, yeah, Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit spent like ten years in Japan and ECW and WCW. T- and all of that. Yep. Unnecessarily. So, so I mean the idea that that you would go out and that you would only sue Vince McMahon is basically yeah. I mean, you su- you suing Vince because that's where the money is. But there are other folks out there who he took them same bumps working for and ain't nobody going after them. Acting like Vince is the only culpable person is very you it's 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 no different than when you it reminds me and this is a random this is a random and it's actually a horrible uh analogy so the the i'm trying my point is in the details not in the actual act but it reminds me of the michael vick situation in that all the people who did the job got small time but vick got two years because he was a celebrity and they were going after the celebrity. They were going after the face. It feels like they're going in. A, no, there's no comparison in the in the actions. Please understand. But it but it feels like he. This is the biggest face of wrestling. I'm gonna go after him because that's the only guy to go after. Instead of actually going trying to fix the problem, like, and then to get to the unionization thing, you can't force a company or an industry to create a union. The, the 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 workers have to create that on their own. So like, you could talk all you want, but nothing he could have done could have created a union for wrestling with WWE. So all of it, all of he was saying was just really to hear himself talk. No, exactly. And and the, uh, I think what well, we did we talked about this on Outside of the Edge a few months ago. Um, the whole thing unionization thing and how it has to be industry wide. You can't just have a WWE yep. only union. And well, I think in look in Zelina's case, you know, to me it was it reminded me of that scene in Jerry Maguire where he's getting where he's walking out and he's like, I, and everybody was cheering and he's like, "All right, who's coming with me?" And everybody was like, "No, not really." <laughs> like, you do you know how cold it was for Zelina? And mind you, Zelina got fired, and people have some misunderstandings about her firing. She wasn't fired for Twitch. She wasn't fired for Cameo. She was fired because she started OnlyFans after she got in trouble for the Twitch and the Cameo. That was it. That's what she got fired for. 
Um, but it's hilarious to see that, you know, she went through that, got fired. And the first person to say, oh, I'm so sorry you got fired was Paige, who a couple of days before had that twitch where she was crying, talking about this is all I got because I can't wrestle no more. This is all I got to take away from me. Ask me who she's employed by right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's um, – <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Paige never left. <laughs> I mean, I mean and that's downsides, the thing. downsides real, bro. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, and, I mean, that's why I, mean, that's why I was thinking, thinking of Jerry Maguire because – he was all fired up and had everybody all fired up. Then when he actually was walking out the door, he was like, who's coming with me? And everybody was like, no, nah, man, can't do it. And, <laughs> and, I, and like one lady there was like, sorry, Jerry, I'm about to get the pay raise. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Real dog. Yeah. Hey, so what you saying sound good, but, uh, I got bills, bro. Yeah. And so, um, like with this, I mean, so while she and a few other people got real, like, you know, I mean, they were very passionate about it. Meanwhile, Paige, she didn't leave. And then you saw Woods, he basically, you know, he figured out how to make the game work and just started making, you know, he carved out his own space. Can I say something about that real quick, Rob? Yeah. I, I completely understand the uproar about not being able to – have that secondary money. I don't have as much of an issue with uh, Cameo as I do Twitch. Because Cameo infringed on something WWE already did. WWE already did meet and greets. And so doing Cameo infringed on their meet and greets when they couldn't do them because of the pandemic. So I never, like, that never meant to end to me. Like, I got, I got why they did that. It may not be, it may not be goodwill with your employee, with your workers, but I get why they did that. The Twitch thing never made sense because they don't have any stake in that game. But to bring it a full circle, I don't understand why everybody just got mad and just didn't follow Woods. Woods did everything the right way because he went to Vince and didn't go behind his back, didn't try to hide anything. He went to Vince and went through the proper channels to say, I'm going to do this. Now that man got it. Now he's a host for G4. Not a man trying to be the host of Legends of the Hidden Temple with Reboot. All because he's doing it the right way, but everybody else over here mad because they can't play some video games on 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 a stream and get a couple hundred a couple hundred dollars. Follow Woods' follow Woods's plan, bro. He gave y'all. He literally broke down the blueprint for y'all. Exactly, and now I mean he's you know he's managed to put some of the other people on now because you know uh, Shane and oh, yeah. Coda and them are BRE, basically yeah. under his umbrella over there now. So. Well, <sighs> And the thing is, well, because actually Greg, you know, I, you know the, the the captain of the chair shot, he on on his show one time, he and Miranda, he actually mentioned something that I hadn't been thinking about at all, and that's basically like with Twitch. So you get half of like so you get half of the money okay. that's made on there, and now from the WWE standpoint. Twitch is making money off of people whose characters they developed and everything. Basically, Twitch is getting free money off of promotion that, that they did. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, part of it is, you know, taking money from the wrestlers, but then the other part is, this is whole other company that we don't have any deals with, 
and they're basically making free money off of people that we developed and yep. that we turned into you know marketable personalities and they're getting free money off of it you ain't gotta like it but it is legally they're, they're legally culpable that the wrestlers may use the independent the uh, intellectual properties but they belong to the WWE I ain't saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right, but it is legally true. No difference that if Chris Evans ever wants to walk out and say, hey, y'all, I'm Captain America, Disney get that check. Yeah. So it is what it is. It's just it bothers us, bothers us with wrestling because they're expected to keep that character 24-7, whereas when the movie ain't on, we know Chris Evans ain't trying to pretending to be Steve Rogers. Right. But I will say is that that's in the contract you signed, though. It's in the contract. Yes, it is in the contract. And if you got enough power, you don't get copyrighted. You get trademarked. AJ Styles is trademarked. He can't make him not use AJ Styles because he owned that name. Right. And I think Samoa, uh, Samoa Joe also yep. was one. Yep. So, you, I mean, you got to go in there and... Ultimately, the other thing is, I mean, you, you need to go through that contract, you need to know what's in there, and you got to be willing to walk away from the table. Like Zelina did. Yeah, I mean, you, and that's why, look, I give her all the credit in the world because ultimately, she, yeah, she put it on the line and said, look, this is what I want to do, and, you know, I'm not going to stop doing it. So, yeah, I'm not Yeah, and so. To her credit, she put it on the line. Now, it looks like she is going to be coming back in. Now, and from what some people say, she hasn't streamed anything in a couple of months. So, yeah, I have noticed that. And I don't think the OnlyFans is up anymore. And that could be happenstance. That may not be because of Vince. It could be happenstance. But I know I was talking to Kyle about this earlier in the text message, and he said something very poignant. He said, two things can be true. One, two things can be true. On one hand, we can say that the whole ideology and the business model that WWE did is out of line. Legally, it's right, but it's out of line. But we can also say that, yeah, Zelina probably overplayed a hand. Exactly, both and could, I both can be true. Yeah. So I think she did, and and, and look, we're not, I'm not, we're not like dissing her or condemning her or whatever. No, I think no, nah, we think she. Went out there, and I think she had. I think she believed she had more support than she actually did. Well, we got to remember the the head of SAG reached out to her, and Andrew Yang was big up in her. Like she thought she had everybody on her side. I bet money. I would bet good money, Rob. She ain't talked to that SAG lady since then. Bet money. Probably not. Everybody not. wants to be seen, bro. That's all it is. It's just conjecture. People like to be seen. Looking like they are doing good things in the reality, they could care less about. They could, ain't no SAG people trying to. SAG is not trying to put no wrestlers in SAG unless your name is Batista, John Cena, Cody Rose, or The Rock, because they, they act all the time. Other than that, oh, I'm sorry, in the Miz, they're not trying to put a wrestler in SAG for being a wrestler, and I, and, and that's a whole other that's a whole other problem because they do more acting than the people in SAG. Right. I mean, they're on TV every week. Yep. They're running scripts. They're running lines. They, if nothing else, if the stunt workers can have, if the stunt men and stunt women can have uh, SAG insurance, 
why can't they? It's 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 the system is so messed up that it's not gonna be the overnight fix, and the fix ain't gonna happen until Roman, Seth, and all this. But Becky, sure, until the until the top people of WWE stop and say, "We're not resting until you fix this." Right, and that's not gonna happen because it's not gonna happen at all. If I mean, if you're like Randy Orton, you're getting like a, a two million dollar downside. You know, you're not walking off the job so somebody can can so can twitch. <laughs> I mean, you're not doing that, brother. It's not two happening. Mil downside, two mil downside, plus they bought you a bus, plus you get first class tickets, plus your merch, you get what is it, a, a higher percentage of your merch because of who you are. And like, no, why would why? Why 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 would you have a problem with anything? Oh, with some video games? Like ultimately, I, I'm I'm all for I'm a free market guy. So I'm all for if you want to make money on yourself, make money on yourself, dog. You want to do what you want, do what you want. But there are consequences to your actions, and like ultimately, you really gonna throw away that much money? And maybe it's because I'm maybe it's because I don't make two million dollars. Just gonna wait, throw away that much money just because you can't play some video games, dog? Like it, it, it's it just doesn't make sense to me, and maybe it's not supposed to. Well, because look, I'm I'm a federal government employee, and look, I don't make nowhere near no two million dollars. <laughs> but because trust me, if I made if I made that much money. Y'all, y'all wouldn't be hearing from me <laughs> for real. Like, real. Uh, I'd be off the grid somewhere, but still. Um, if I mean, if you work in the federal government, level, particularly if you work for like Defense Department, which I do not, but if you work for or if you work in the White House, if you work for Defense Department, like there are certain things like side jobs or stuff and whatnot that you cannot do. Right there are certain, and you you can't. You're not allowed to because, you know, it's just conflict of interest. And if you get caught even working weekends somewhere you're not supposed to, they will get you up out of there. So that's a part of look. That's a part of being in the workforce. All right, when you work in certain places, there's certain side gigs you can't take. Um, or even like NFL players, right? Some of them got little side deals for. This product or that one, when they're on the on the field or if they're at an NFL press conference, they can't wear it. Like if if some NFL player was advertising, you know, endorsing Chair Shot Radio, they couldn't wear no Chair Shot Radio hat during the NFL press conference. They oh, can't. Well, I do. I, here's I, here's a perfect perfect example of that that very point. I believe Adidas, no Nike, does the jerseys now, right? Nike yeah. got the jerseys for NFL. But if somebody assigned to Adidas for their for their uh, for their clothing, they still got to wear Nike jerseys because the NFL made a deal with Nike. They got no choice. Adidas yeah. got to eat that. Because who or, they signed to? Who 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 is their employer? The NFL. And and even going back to like the first you know dream team at the Olympics, yeah, I've, you know Reebok supplied the sweatsuit. Mm-hmm. And Mike and all of them were Nike dudes. They they, so, they covered up the they covered up the logo. Yep. And I mean they got a lot of heat for that, but that's the reality. That's the reality of you know the basically the deals they signed. They were Mike and Patrick Ewan and a few other people, few you know, Barkley and some other guys. They were all Nike people, and yep. they, they couldn't be out there. Nike, yep. They couldn't be out there 
with no Adidas look, with no Reebok logo on the metal stand, and they all they had, you know, they draped American flags over their shoulders to cover up the Reebok logo, and they got a lot of heat for it. But I mean, that's the reality of the deal that they signed. So, I mean, so look, if, if Michael Jordan had to adhere to that, then yeah. who who is random wrestler that you know, <laughs> right? And no, if, I'm not saying that to be dismissive. I'm just saying, like, if any, ain't there ain't very many wrestlers out there you can compare with Michael Jordan, maybe none. And you know, so if you just random wrestler who been working been working with WWE for a year, and you think, oh no, nah, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my march my mark on Twitch, bruh, get your mind right. Exactly, and um, so from I mean, from some of the stories out there, basically. A lot of her that stuff kind of basically kind of fizzled out for her after she left because, I mean, you're not on TV every week. Then, I mean, your market value goes down because people don't see you and all of that. Yep. So, I mean, that's the whole and that's another part of that whole thing with the third party stuff. I mean, your value and your marketability comes from you being on TV every week, largely. Like, no, no matter how talented you are. I mean, you being on TV every week is what puts your face out there and gets a lot of people interested in whatever else you might be doing. And add to that, you being on TV has nothing to do with your talent. Because one person picks and chooses who gets on TV and who doesn't. One person picks and chooses who wins and who loses. Like we all say all the time, man, like Ricochet and Ali and Drew Gulak and these guys are way more talented than a bunch of people on TV. But they don't move the needle. It ain't about, it's not about your talent, dog. It's about what you can do when that light, when that red light comes on to move the needle, to push a storyline forward, to draw some merchandise, to draw some interest. That's what it's about. So, you know. And just while we're on that subject, uh, if any of y'all out there, if y'all have not been, y- y'all need to watch what Ricochet and Ali are doing on main event. Yes, so- yes. Let me just throw that in there real quick. And I, instead of saying, "Well, why are they on main event?" Go watch them over there. Well, you watch if you watching dark dark elevation and dark turn the lights out and dark put turn the power back on and all these other darks they got. You can watch main event. You be yeah, all right. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, because people, you know, I've somebody saw somebody say, "Well." You know, they got all these hours. Why can't they just feature them on Raw? It's like, well, they got all these hours. They got to, I mean, they got to fill them with somebody. And ultimately, they want you to watch main event. They like, they don't want you to, they don't need, they don't expect you to watch all eight or nine hours of stuff they do every week. But they absolutely do want some people to to watch main event. Yeah. they're going to put some people on there sometimes who, quote-unquote, deserve better. Naomi. Naomi was on this week against Nikki Cross. Naomi, of course, deserves better. She's been on every Raw the past, like, two months. But you're right. Uh, it's a way for them, especially now with them not touring, no house shows. It's for the way for people to keep working. It's a way to give people opportunities that they can't give on the main show. You know? And your, you make the, your point is so perfect that people don't, but people don't seem to understand that. Everybody wants everything to be catered to them because it's for them, only for them, because I'm the only person that exists. 
WWE doesn't book that way. They throw a million different things against the wall. If you like something, you do. If you don't, you don't. You ain't got to watch all three hours of Raw. You ain't got to watch all four shows that come on to five. I'm sorry, 205 Live that come on. Watch whatever you want, when you want, as long as you're ingesting something that got your business because you all, it's all on the same damn channel. Exactly. So if they put if they're putting some of your favorite people on main event, then then go watch main event. Instead of, instead of sitting through three hours of raw mad because your favorite people aren't on there. And you don't think that if you watch main event with Ali and Ricochet and they see crazy numbers, they won't put that on, on raw. That's how you get your boys pushed back up. Exactly. So yeah, and and look, it, everything is. Right, if 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 you're one of these people, some old Raw's three hours, man. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a slog. Well, main event is an hour. Yep, and most of and, recap. Yeah, and they recap all the stuff from Raw and SmackDown. So honestly, if if your issue is that that Raw is too long, then go watch main event instead. You can get every. I mean, you'll get what you need, <laughs> and. If they put some of your favorite people on a match on main event, then you get to see them work a match there too. Yep. And probably a better match on there than they do on Raw because they got time. Exactly. So just I mean, those guys are doing some good work there. So if you're a fan of either one of them, instead of complaining about them not being on Raw, go watch them on main event. And it's it's pretty simple. So now, all right, let's get to the big thing this week. <laughs> Do we have to, man? Do we have to talk about this fool? Because look, hey, this what, is your man? favorite. This is your favorite wrestler. If look, if I ever go bald, one of the reasons is gonna be because of this fool. Because I had pulled my hair out after some dumb shit he didn't said or done. <laughs> And just for anybody who's wondering who your favorite wrestler is, let them know and 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 say his full government name like you, like you oh, are known to do. Garrett Reynolds. Garrett. <laughs> not calling that man by his other name. It's Garrett Reynolds, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, dog, he is the bane of my existence, bro. Like Ooh, literally. Man. And and it's 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 crazy because I used to love the guy. And not just in WWE. I thought he had, I thought him leaving, and that year he had where he ran Ring of Honor. Um, he did a he did a WrestleMania, he did the final battle, and he did uh, Bound for Glory in the same year. And oh, I'm sorry, and a Wrestle Kingdom. I thought he was killing it. Mm-hmm. And then oh, someone, dog, I love Twitter. So if you don't know by now, we're talking about Cody Rhodes. Someone said on Twitter that uh, you know Cody knows. Cody really knows knows what adversity is because he was born as a millionaire to one of the biggest wrestlers ever and then got got grandfathered into the biggest wrestling company in the world. And then when he decided to leave the best wrestling company in the world, he just happened to go and join the biggest wrestling stable in 20 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you talk about people act like Shane McMahon got a silver spoon, man. No, nah, that boy Shane had to work for some of his stuff. Cody ain't worked for nothing, bro. Oh, man. Tell me what he's worked for. Help me understand. What does that man work for in his life? Not much. I mean, other than the actual ring work, 
But he had no, he has not had to, he hasn't, he has not had to scrape and claw for, for much of anything. And it's funny because I was I, earlier today, I watched the uh, the Miz documentary. Okay, and it's really good. Yeah, and, and one thing that stuck out with me was at one point he was doing all the media stuff that nobody else wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He went out there and he did all of it just to get himself out there to get his name out there, et cetera, et cetera. And like Cody didn't have to do none of that, right? I mean, Cody was made was made man from day one. Yeah. His, his, his Dusty Rhodes, and it's not like Dusty just, like, it's not like he was like Mike Rotunda who just dropped his kids off at the PC and said, y'all be good. Dusty was working there. Like, how you not going to book him when the dude works there? Exactly. So, I, look, man, I don't, I don't I don't like to use the word hate a lot, but I'm real close to hating that dude, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. And, um, so, all right, for those of y'all who may, may not have heard, but last night on AEW Dynamite, Cody gave this kind of long, rambling promo that was – Man, it was just some 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 real out there kind of stuff, and he got into some of the old '80s, you know, um, America versus the other countries stuff. And in this case, the other country was, you know, Great Britain, where this other England, guy is from. Like England, ally. What are we? T- this ain't 1776, dog. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. And so it was that he got some of that in there. Um, he started he mentioned the Khan family coming to the United States and then there was the the, the the clincher there was the thing that took the cake he went on this big kind of stream of consciousness kind of rant about he and his wife Brandy and you know how their interracial marriage is this big statement and you know their mixed daughter to be is going to be this, that, and the other, and it was, I mean, it was like, dude, what in the hell? I just, I think it's good to know, I, I'm i I'm very much a person that likes to understand history, and likes to know things, and now I know that apparently Cody and Brandy's biracial baby, and Kendall Jenner and Pepsi cured racism. Glad to know. Glad to know. I, I mean, whoo, and yeah, breathe, bro. I get it. I, I and, um, breathe, man. It, it's just it's maddening. It, and and let me say first and foremost, we are not shading interracial couples. Let me let me get that out of the way first. God no. Okay, we are not doing yeah, that. I mean, I, I would hope if if you listen to this, then you know something about me, Rob. I would hope y'all know that we are two of the most progressive people you'll find on the net. They ain't got nothing to do with that. Well, you no. know what you man, you know what the vibes are, bro. Like, come on now. Yeah, and it's just we, basically it's it's really just man, it is out there that and that you know, he and Brandy both seem to be on this kind of you know, road about that. And it was just kind of and then oh, and then while he's doing all this, they pan the camera over to the guy who in the crowd who Conveniently, is wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. I mean, also, important to note, it's a white dude. 
and he's standing in his Black Lives Matter shirt, clapping, of course. <laughs> and of course, now today, you know, some people were saying, well, he was a plant, and he's actually on Twitter. He was like, no, I'm not a plant. Um, okay, bro. <laughs> okay, bro. I mean, of, of all the shirts to wear to the wrestling show, you, 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 you thought it was a, you thought that was the one to go with. Hey, um, man, look, if, if that, if, if, if he really does support Black Lives Matter, big ups to the guy. But I'm yeah, saying, and, sometimes things just look too perfect. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not, okay, I'm, I'm not doubting his support. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call him a liar on that front. Yeah. But you think he was there for? You think he was in that spot at that point for a reason? Yeah, yeah I mean it's a little, little, little too convenient there. But um, the other thing with Cody, like, so this that's just all right. So I mean, being in an interracial marriage is kind of a social statement in itself. It is if you're particularly if you're out if you're in the public eye. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it is a yes, it is a social statement. It's not just the two people being married. Yeah. Even if yeah. even if you never give a speech about it or anything, it's people see it and it sparks thoughts and opinions in people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean this is um this is look this is some delusion and grandeur kind of stuff going on here, man. I mean Ooh, <laughs> man. So, all right. Let me. I feel like I'm the. You ever watched the rodeo when the bull is trying to get out, and yeah. like people scared to open the door because once they let it out, it's over. Like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to keep it in the cage, but so just, just let's let's break this down. First and foremost, speaking of Cody in general, Cody has always been a guy. Struggling to, I'm I'm psychoanalyzing here, and I feel I feel pretty comfortable saying this because I'm using his own actions with words. He's some of his own words he said, so this isn't all conjecture. But he is a guy who has struggled and is fighting with the weight of trying to live up with one of the greatest wrestling legacies of all time. Like he is not Dustin. Dustin grew up with his dad. When Cody grew up, his dad was at home. So he didn't get a chance to live the life of Dusty the pro wrestler. He got a chance to live the life of Dusty the dad, which gives a different relationship with him and his brother. So when Cody jumps into the business, Cody tries to relive the things that Dusty didn't have to relive because he lived it. Right? So, so much of this, he's trying to relive. That's the reason why he wants all of his dad's ideas back, like uh, war games and Great American Bash and all these things. That's why he goes out of his way to dye his hair blonde or put dream on his shirt on his on his chest. Like it's you go. It's, it's one thing honoring your dad. It's another thing that you are completely trying to bastardize his legacy, and that's what he is doing, in my opinion. So, on top of that. Because he has lived his life from day one in the public sphere, because again, Dusty Rhodes is one of the most popular humans to ever walk the earth that wrestled. People who don't watch wrestling know Dusty Rhodes, especially in the South, especially in Marietta, Georgia, where he is from. So on top of that, 
he actually he also happened to find one of the most beautiful black women you'll ever find, date her and marry her. And so being a guy who was in a public sphere, he's going to show off his wife. Well, showing off his wife, as you just eloquently stated, brings a different level of scrutiny because your wife is not the same complexion as you are. And so now he's dipped into that because now, now he's not just Cody the wrestler, now he's Cody the EVP, now he's Cody the businessman, now he's Cody the actor, now he's Cody the brand. Why he put that ugly big ass tattoo on his neck because that's his logo. So now he's gone so far down this rabbit hole that he feels the need to always be almost kind of like the purveyor of racial of racial equity. Dog, you not. You just a man that married a black woman. That's fine. That's all we need. We don't need everybody to be purveyors of racial equity. Just be right in your life. And so it comes off so disingenuous and so kind of placated because like none of this feels organic or real. I'm not saying the relationship doesn't because we didn't seen y'all for 10 years now. We know that's real. But this whole, well, I'm, uh, you know, I told my wife I don't see color. And she said, if you don't see color, you don't see my experience. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Okay, what else you want to, what you want us to say about that? You know, he just, he comes off as such a grandstanding kind of dude. And then, and then on top of that, so you hadn't brought it up yet, but I'm going to bring it up. There was a Deathspin article wrote last week that people thought I wrote, but no, I don't write for Deathspin. <laughs> because that is, that's literally the article I've been wanting to write for about two, three years. But the article, I believe, I may be paraphrasing, but it's titled, Cody Rose needs to fuck off the most in the history of fuck-offs than in the history of fuckdoms than anybody's ever had to fuck off before. Something to the order of that. And it got ripped online. And to be fair, like it was out of line. But it also was <laughs> fantastically true. And in it, he says that Cody continues to put himself in situations he has no need to put himself in. He ain't he ain't got a title. He's not a major draw on the show no more. But every time he shows up, he has his own entrance. He has to go and get pyro because they announced they're having a girl. Like he continues to control the show and hold other good people who good wrestlers who need the time. Cool. Well, remember last week on Blood and Guts, the the they when they promoted the next show. One of the promotions for the show was or the advertisements was Cody Rhodes makes an announcement for double or nothing. Why, bro? Tweet it, dog. We good. We don't need to promote the whole thing. Anyway, he shows up on Dynamite. I'm shocked he didn't do the whole two, three-minute entrance, but nonetheless, he's in the ring. And the first thing he proceeds to say is, I love my country. What? Where did we go to this? Wouldn't your feud, uh, wouldn't the feud about you and, and your former friend who you created a wrestling company with, wasn't the feud between you and QT? Now a go-go is like all of a sudden your biggest villain? And then you're talking about the, the whole immigrant thing and biracial. Dog, like you, I, I, I almost felt like it was Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter again. Like we're not <laughs> in England. What are we doing? And then you do that, you bring up the biracial stuff, knowing that a go-go himself is a biracial black man. 
on top of that, then you say, well, it's not the you didn't you come over here for the English dream. So like you simultaneously bigging up immigrants and tearing them at the same time, which is a maddening amount of like just I don't know how that's even possible. You can tie yourself up like that. And then you end it by stealing your dad's nickname. Now I got I got some breaking news for you, Rob. I don't know if you know this. This may not be true, but I read an article. And I'm not going to pick up the website in case it's not right. Okay. But apparently, Cody has been trying to get his dad's trademark back because if you remember, WWE owns the name The American Dream Dusty Rhodes, right? Yes. They own intellectual property, and he apparently he abandoned the trademark uh, or the abandoned trying to get the trademark in court um, or whatever in trademark court, whatever it's called a few months ago. So the idea that people are believing is that he's using the name so that when he goes and he tries to re try to tries to go back and get it again, he can say, well, see, I use the name, the American dream. So I should own it. So this, the whole thing ain't even legit. It's all it's all a game, and this is this is perfect Cody Rhodes. Nothing is real, nothing is honest. It's all fake. Even his biggest fans starting to realize when he starts getting that little <laughs> little cry where his his voice starts to get oh we know it's fake, dog. You've done it too much. You do it every week. Just go be a wrestler, dog. My God, I hate this dude. <laughs> I mean. <clears throat> Because now, I mean, f- what it's looking like to me now, because I've said before, and we, we both said before that, you know, sometimes he's doing Dusty cosplay, and then sometimes he and Brandy are doing Triple H and Stephanie cosplay. Sometimes it's Miz and Maurice cosplay. And, yeah, and, that's, and that's, that's the other element to it. And then other times they're doing Miz and Maurice cosplay. So, and it just seems to me like... Him leaving WWE now is basically he wanted to be like all the stuff that people above him were getting. He wanted to get that stuff. Yep. So he wanted the TV show like Miz gets. Uh, He wants the creative or kind of executive kind of stuff that Triple H and Stephanie have. Yep. And it just looks like he, you know, he's just wanting things that other people had he wanted for himself and he wasn't yep. going to get that and he wasn't going to get that there because as long as he stayed there even with the roads name and everything he's still quote unquote just a wrestler so or he was you know he just, he was just another guy there no matter how talented he was or whatever and he he clearly wanted all these other things and it's and look it's fine though that's fine okay nobody you know Nobody's saying that, that you shouldn't want that stuff or you shouldn't go after that stuff. Okay, nobody is saying that. But the problem is, for me anyway, is that it's those aspirations have always been kind of, since he left, those those aspirations have always been kind of dressed up in this, you know, I'm looking out for the, for the boys. You know, I want a better world. I want a better wrestling world for the boys. Well, no, that, no that's a damn lot. Yeah, it's like no, you you wanted a better situation for yourself, and 
you didn't see that situation ever happening if you stayed there. Which, to be perfectly honest, no, it was not going to be that. And and look, and you know, I'm we do not begrudge any WWE. It's not about that. It's your life. It's your career. And if there's some stuff you want to, if, if there are things you want to achieve that just aren't happening for you there and are not going to happen for you there, then by all means, move on. And nobody's like, nobody's mad at you for doing that. At least nobody with any sense. Nope. And it's just, and it's in like some of the other EVPs there. It's all, it's the same thing with them too. It's, it's this whole thing. Well, you know, we want to make a better world for the boys. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, you don't. All right. You know, Cody has, he and Brandy had these lofty aspirations, you know, and then the other guys, like, I mean, I mean, the Bucks didn't, they didn't want to just be a, another tag team in the WWE. They, they wanted to be able to basically run the tag division and do what they're doing now. You know, but you know, Rob, I'll say this real quick and I want to give it back to you because I know you're still finishing your point. I just want to say this. We would, I would believe what they said. Genuinely. I would believe them. They wanted to make a different situation for the boys, more opportunities for more money, more opportunities for more spots to wrestle, creative freedom, all that stuff. I'd believe it if every single thing they didn't say when they were building the company up and all their press conference and all their rallies wasn't a lie. Literally everything. I'm not being exaggerative here. Go back and watch the first rally in Jacksonville the same day of, of SmackDown. Go back and watch the second rally that was in Vegas about double or nothing and go back and watch the third rally. All they said in there was shit that wasn't true because it was feeling themselves. They was excited. They were just talking. They didn't understand that there's a, there's a different hat you have to talk with when you're talking as a wrestler and when you're talking as an executive, because when you're an executive, luckily they're, they're a privately owned company. But when you're an executive, you have people you have to respond to. You have people that you have to, to, to answer to. And they don't understand. They didn't understand that yet. So, so much of what they built the backs of the company on was lies. So I would be, I, I would believe that thought you just said that they were trying to do it for the boys and the girls and all this. Everything wasn't such a blatant lie. And that's the problem. That's, and so and like, I know that, look, out there in wrestling Twitter, people who, who are familiar with, you know, people, I'm probably considered to be an AEW hater because, you know, I've been very critical of them from day one. And it is what it is. And, you know, I mean, y'all know I hate the Young Bucks. Any any wrestling fans who follow me on Twitter know I can't stand it. I, I don't like the Young Bucks. I just don't like the way they work in the ring. And yeah. so I just, I, I, I can't stand those guys. So I got my little you know, personal reasons that basically I just don't like a lot of them dudes that are in charge. And I don't like the approach they took basically, you know, capitalizing or basically fanning flames from people who were frustrated with stuff in WWE and all of that. I mean, they have been, they've antagonized things a lot and they've they've made an already bad situation in in the internet wrestling community worse and they did it basically to capitalize off of it and that's always been a problem of mine with, with them 
stuff that you just said, Ray. So, I mean, looking at this with like with Cody, it's just like, okay, I mean, it's it's pretty clear now, what, you know what what his mo is. And for people to say, well, man, well how you watch the show with Vince McMahon, blah, blah, blah. Vince is a shark. But never lied about it. Never nope. lied about being a shark. Sure didn't. And, and Vince has never tried to pretend he's nothing. He's something he's not. He's never tried to lie to the fans. He's ne- For all the hate that Vince McMahon honestly deservedly should be getting, the one thing you can never say about Vince is he lied to you. Vince has never lied to the fans. I know people hate that. People want to don't want to believe that. Other people, I know there's going to be dozens, if not hundreds, of people that are going to sit here and be like, "But Ray, what about this and that?" Booking is not lying. I'm talking about the things he said with his mouth, and you're going to say, "Oh, well, what about the blood and guts?" Vince ain't lied, bro. You can be wrong, but Vince has not come out and tried to willingly and openly deceive you for your business. He doesn't do that. The Bucks, Kenny. Tony Khan and, and Garrett Runnels openly tried to they, look at go, the just last week. They lied to the people at the show because nowhere on the ticket or the advertising did they say that half the show will be taped. Nowhere on there. He gets there. They have a video of him telling the people and he looks ter- he looks terrified like that one that one kid who is complete who hates talking in front of people and is completely terrified of public speaking and has to go up and make a a 20 minute speech and he's terrified he's rubbing his head he's wiping his sweat telling him hey you know i'm sorry guys but because of logistics we couldn't do it so we taped it and your voice is going to be the voice is heard on the show live but you're going to be watching on the screen like stadium stampede and all stuff he willingly and openly deceived those people they would have came had you told them that half that half the show isn't gonna is gonna be taped. I'm not saying you gotta say it on TV, but on the website, as you buy no different than if I buy a ticket right now, Rob, to whatever. And my ticket, when I get there, my ticket, I'm sitting behind a pole, and your my ticket didn't say uh what what's what's um obstructive view. If it didn't, you know I could go sue them, right? Yeah. Because you lied, because you defamed me, not defamed, but you defrauded me to get my money. So it's like, how many times have they done that? They do it over and over and over again. Vince McMahon has never lied to get your money. Exactly. Now, he, you know, he may not book the show you want the way you want it to be booked. And he and he stamps you a lot to his talent sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Different story, right? But man, it's just and, and here's my thing, right? It, so if you're thinking that we're telling you that you shouldn't be a fan, we're not telling you that. Just my thing is just be realistic about just what it is you're dealing with. Like for example, like okay, we watch the NFL. The NFL lied to them boys for years about concussions and CTE and all that. Straight up lied to them. Yep. All right. So it, when I, when I watch the NFL on Sunday, I know that look that's what I'm watching. So if if you want to come at me with, you know, 
stuff about CT and all that. You know what? I'm guilty. Yes, I know about all that, and I still watch the NFL. Captain. So I'm I'm guilty of whatever moral compromise, or whatever you want to throw at me, accuse me of. Yeah, I'm guilty. Okay. Because you know, I, look, I no, I did not. I know, and look, I know some people who stopped watching because of Kaepernick, and I was like, you know what? That's that's real. That's real. That's real noble of y'all to take that stand. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not taking it. <laughs> so, and yeah, I did that, and I whatever scrutiny or criticism comes with it, it just it is what it is. And you're not making. Trust me. You, you, basically, what I'm getting at is, you're not making a moral. You're not making a moral choice. You're not taking some moral high ground, like watching AEW instead of the WWE. You're not. Just say you like what they do better, and and, and it's fine. Yeah, man. Especially when you consider where both both people got their money from, pretty much similar places. So it's like there's no no billionaire has. No billionaire has made their money strictly off the merits of their work. There's somewhere that they've had to make some deals or do something with for some people that they're not proud of. You know, you hate this, you hate the Saudi deal WWE has, but then you realize that all the oil and gas that Shahid Khan deals with over in Saudi Arabia, or that WCW and Ted Turner did a show in North Korea. So it's like everybody, nobody, nobody is spotless. Only difference is we've been seeing Vince's flaws for 30 years that we feel like he's the only person. He's the anomaly. No, all of them ain't shit. Exactly. And that, and that goes back to the old territory promoters because you see a lot of people just get all, you know, nostalgic towards those guys. Well, Vince put them out of business. And, and them dudes was every bit as, every bit as you know, every, they were every bit as ain't shit as Vince McMahon is. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely, and if they'd have knew what Vince knew, they'd have done it. They'd have done it before. You don't think Vern Gagne would have done what? Well, maybe not Vern Gagne because he really was like trying to not not try to change. But you don't think uh, Eddie Gilbert, you know, or or uh, the Funk Brothers, or all these other people, Dusty and them, wouldn't have tried to go do do what Vince did and, and go national. Any other other people would have had they known what Vince knew. They didn't know. And then my other thing is that a lot of those people, you know, well, Vince stole all them people from those guys. They could have kept a lot of them guys if they just gave them some more money. We talking to you, Vern Gagne and Hulk Hogan? Because, and oh, this thing, then, look, and first of all, before, before I get into the story with Hulk Hogan, fuck Terry Belia. Yes. All right. I mean, we got we to gotta say that up front. Yes. Just, just so y'all know. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, he was coming off of Rocky Three. He was a big name. He had some mainstream exposure. And the most no-brainer thing to do would have been to make him your world champion. And Vern Gagne didn't want to do that. <laughs> and then My Vern Gagne. <laughs> yeah, and then and this and again, fuck Terry Malia. But he was a he was a smart businessman because he was he was running his own merchandise. And Vern wanted a piece of the action to make him world champion. And, you know, 
basically he told him, hell no, and then Vince came calling. So basically all you I mean that's the kind of things that happened. That's that's how Vince was able to steal all the talent because the other promoters were stupid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, true. I mean, you know, we're going off track here. Um so look, this thing with Cody, it's just if you if you're gonna be out here defending him, I mean you can you can do that if you want. But what me and Ray are saying here, what some other people are saying here, like we're not feeling in the like we're basing this off of what, what we actually seen him say and seen him do. And we're, we're not doing the thing where we're not filling in like 90% of the story with just some shit we already believed anyway. Right. I mean, which is what happens a lot of times. And I just felt, look, I felt the need to just kind of unload about all this because just the nature of, of what he was saying out there. And as, as a black man watching that, it's like, okay, man, you know, y'all are not, you know, y- y'all are not saving the people here with this. And, and that's how you're making it look. And that's not what you're doing. It, it's not. And it just, it, that's where it really bothers me. It, because I look, what, what you do out there in front of the camera don't mean a damn thing. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm more interested in like, like, what are you supporting that we don't, you know, behind, behind the scenes, the stuff that we don't hear about. Right, if you I mean, if you want to save the people through your interracial marriage, then you need to be supporting some things that actually help people, and not, you know, just getting on TV and cutting a promo about it. Yeah, um, if, and, and I want to say, if you don't mind, I want to say one last thing on the whole Cody promo thing, if you don't mind. Great. You know. For all of my disdain towards Cody, I understand that Cody plays an integral part in that brand, in that company. Cody has a different feel about him in that brand and in that company. And so that's why when he says things, it even though we know it's fake, it, come, it feels organic because he talks different. He comes from a different place. He's been trained in the way that these guys who grew up on the indies weren't trained and his promos come off as different. I get it. But what the, the, the most damning thing about that promo was that the year, the, in the, not just this year, but the, the past two, maybe three years in particular that we have had as an, as a country here in America, I must speak for any other country have been, some of the worst we've had with race relations, with um, police brutality, with voter with voter suppression, with all of the all of the issues and the ills of this country that have to do with people of with people that are different than 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 Caucasian male Protestant people. We've dealt with them. Some of the worst we've dealt since the initial times when those people were fighting for their own civil rights. Okay. I should say straight as well too, because LGBTQ. Yeah. And so for him to come out on the show, that's supposed to be the progressive show. And for him to come out and cut a promo that was almost MAGA-esque. 
that was bigging up a country that nobody ever said was bad on the show. That like to to go back and hearken to the days where America is the good guy and uh any other country is the bad guy, to go back to the days of Zeb culture and the don't tread on me flag with Jack Swagger and all of these things, you know, it and it, it just it just came off as so tone deaf. I'm not even getting to the racial part about it because you spoke about that beautifully. I'm just talking about the xenophobia that almost that almost was exuding from that promo. And it's worth you talking about a guy who is himself biracial and who has openly said the only reason I came here was for I wanted to make more money. So everything you said was true and not from a negative standpoint. Agogos talked about how he wanted to come over here for more opportunities. So like and he's never he never dissed America. He dissed you. So like it just came up so toned up, it came up so 1985 or 1993-ish. Like I thought I felt like I was watching Zeb and Swagger versus Rusev again. You know, it just came up so bad. And this is supposed to be from the progressive company and the progressive EVP, the one who gets it. And then he called himself trying to fix it with the racial part when he just doubled further down. And it was just unnecessary when the story was already there. As much as I don't care about QT Marshall or QT Johnson or QT Christian or nothing, I don't care about QT nothing. Only QT I care about is long QT, the syndrome I got in my heart. Other than that, I could care less about that. But I cannot tell you that the build up to that feud between the Nightmare Factory and the, fa- and the Nightmare family in the factory wasn't making sense and wasn't hidden. It was doing its job. And then you blew your load last week on Blood and Guts when you put Cody versus QT when that was the money match. And now all of a sudden, Cody got beef with the go-go when the one who should have beef with, he beat last week. So nothing makes sense. You you didn't have to do all this and go this route to sell this match. If anything, when I tell you, Rob, people I know who are the most ardent, diehard, unabashed AEW supporters were like, bro, yeah, no, we, we rock with a go-go. <laughs> bro, no, that was out of line. But you know what? I cringed when I heard it. People were people were, were DMing me saying, man, look, I know you hate Cody, if you but don't watch that promo. People who are AEW diehards, people you see me arguing with, not like in a bad place, but like, okay, better yet, debating with on a regular basis about AEW on Twitter, were hitting me up to say, bro, yeah, you don't want to see that one, dog. It, it, it's, it's just going to set you off. Who if your diehards realize that that was trash, that that was Basura? The people, the people see it. it. It was just a miss and it was unnecessary. And now you got to stink about, you have a stink about something on you that you self-inflicted. And it's just so disappointing and unnecessary. So I I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about Cody no more, man, because like I now my head hurt. My blood pressure high. It, this fool, bro. All right, well, let's 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 end it on a more positive note. <laughs> to close this thing out, um, backlash is a Sunday. 
Yes. Um, you got any particular predictions? I mean, the only the only real prediction worth to note. Actually, I do have a prediction. So first and foremost, I think we all know that uh, the Mysterios are probably going to beat the Dirty Dogs. But I have a big prediction. I believe that if not tonight at Money in the Bank, Cesaro is going to beat Roman for the championship. Oh, okay. And I think we're building towards. Well, I I go ahead and I go ahead and tell it to you. We're building towards um, Roman getting it back at SummerSlam. We're building towards Jimmy going through the emotions and fighting his brother at SummerSlam and then end up joining the Tribal Chief after that. But so I think to get there, I think we're going to see a mix of Rollins and Edge returning in some kind of way to kind of take away from Roman's focus and and Jimmy and Jay and all all this stuff for Cesaro to get the title. Then Cesaro will probably defend against Rollins at Money in the Bank or something. And get a few months, few months title run. Roman gets it back at SummerSlam and continues going forward. And I think we'll see Jimmy and Jay continue to kind of be at odds and want to work together, be at odds. We finally, get the singles match between Jimmy and Jay at SummerSlam, and then afterwards, it's an emotional match. Afterwards, you see them hug and embrace, and maybe not even after the match, but at the end of the night when Cesaro fights, uh, defends against Roman for the championship. Jimmy and Jay come out unified. Jay's bought in. The you know the the bloodlines back together again. Roman gets the championships. All is good at the table. So Cesaro either wins this month or next month. He will be your WWE champion, your Universal champion. Sorry. All right. Now, because like the out of the titles, we we got five title matches. Um, so if you ask me the one that's most likely to have a title change, I'd say that the SmackDown tag team title match is the one where you're most likely to have a title change. Yep. Um, I know a whole lot of y'all are scared that, that Charlotte's going to win the triple threat. I don't think that's going to happen because they put her in those matches to scare you in the first place. <laughs> they, that's why they put her in. That's If she's in a triple threat match, She's there to scare the hell out of you, you know, because that's why she's there. Because if it was just Oscar and Rhea again, that's a foregone conclusion. And y'all think, you know, well, Bailey's not winning. I mean, the SmackDown Women's Championship that that is that is zero chance of happening. And I think the two now, well, I think Bobby's well, Bobby's definitely. I think coming out, and I think after this, I think it's going to be just him and Braun straight up next month. I think that's where they're going with that. Okay. And then, as far as Roman now, I do not think Cesaro is winning Sunday. I think there's zero chance of that. And that what I think is going to happen is I, uh, I think, I think Seth Rollins is going to screw him over. So I think my prediction was that is that Jimmy's going to stop Jay from interfering and it's going to look like it's all good for Cesaro to win. And then Seth Rollins is going to come in there and, you know, take him out. Okay. And that's, that's going to add to, and that's going to add to the dynamic between Seth and Roman. Cause I think 
because then after that, Seth is going to come to Roman like, look, your boys couldn't handle it for you, but I came up and cleaned up your shit. Okay. I like and, that. I mean, I think that's what's going to be coming. But all in all, look, I think it's going to be a good show. And the you know the one silver lining about these pandemic era pay per views is we gonna get home before ten o'clock. <laughs> that's Eastern time. <laughs> that's not even yes, sir. That's not even yes. Central time. It's Eastern time. Yeah. But anyway, look, man. I know you got your own show to do tonight. I know. So go ahead and plug that while, before we get up out of here. Man, look. If Cody keeps cutting these promos, I ain't gonna have a show no more because I'm gonna burn the whole damn thing down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, Outsider's Edge, man. Check it out. Um, I don't know when this is dropping, but we come out Friday, every Friday, um, Friday afternoon, I believe at 1, 2 o'clock. Um, on the Chair Shot Radio, on the Chair Shot Media Network, thechairshot.com, of course. Uh, you can find mo- you can find all my stuff, a good portion of Rob's. Um, of course, you know, every um, every Thursday morning, you got Chair Shot Radio, uh, Midweek Mainstay Head Trauma with me and Max. Um you know, I got the Total Package series with Carl coming out every Wednesday night. Um, check that out. We only got two more episodes left for that. Bandwagon Nerds on the weekends. Three Man Weave, whenever we can make it happen. I'm all over the chair shop, bro. I need a vacation. <laughs> well, look, hey, I want to get on Three Man Weave with y'all one time because I got to celebrate my New York Knicks making the playoffs. Hey, that's real, bro. I ain't mad at that. Like, keep it a buck with you, man. It's been a minute since you've been on some of these shows. Gotta try to make this stuff work, man. Timing is a timing is a bitch, but we gotta try to make some of this stuff work. Hey, look, it's, it's no worries, man. Look, I, I know I keep look. I bug y'all to death, and that's because I know just I gotta do that till there's an opening. Yeah, I know how it works. Look, if we know the routine, man, it's cool. No, no worries, man. But so anyhow, Ray, as always, thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Always a good always. time to have you on here. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. And that's gonna do it for the Rob the Genius podcast for this week. So as always. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. God bless you guys. Talk to you next week. See the oil fields at first.